0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Just a number of things now. I can't put them all in order and review them, but we've gone through the history. We've gone through the exam. We've gone through so many of the basics of what needs to be done, the foundational one that needs to be done. And now we're going to start moving into a little bit more into treatment. Um, and 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 this this topic today, which is stress uh, and how chronic stress creates and or perpetuates chronic conditions, uh, is kind of a it's kind of a borderline uh, foundational issue, and it's kind of a it's kind of also a huge functional issue as far as relative to the future talks are going to be. For example, about the large intestines, the small intestines the stomach, how they all play into each other, the order in which to attack them. And so when a person comes into our office, we, uh, once we decided that they're probably a good candidate, we have them fill out an 18 page history and it has questions on all of those areas. And we have uh, one section of about maybe 12 questions on, on the intestines. And then we have another test uh, area on maybe five questions on intestinal permeability. We have um, five pages of questions on the brain and, and, and brain chemistry. And brain chemistry, when it goes abnormal, results in anxiety, it results in panic attacks, it results in depression, it results in, in- inflammation, it results in breaking down what's called the blood-brain barrier. The bottom line is, all of these different physiological, neurological abnormalities create a lot of problems. I would make the argument that it's at least a ginormous contributor to this expanding um, group of patients who are the chronic pain patients, the autoimmune patients, and uh, and, and I'm gonna you're gonna understand why I think that by the time we're done with this. So. So basically yeah you, know, you have you know the brain c- pretty much controls everything P- and I'm not going to get into you know the neurons and all that type of stuff but the brain pretty much controls everything it controls your arms it controls moving it controls uh, it controls whether you move your finger it controls your thinking it controls all that we're pretty we're pretty much aware of all that and, and, and we know that if our arm starts not working and we start getting tremors, we start thinking, oh, there's some nerves that's going on. And sometimes those nerves are, 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 are coming from the brain and sometimes they're not. But we kind of have a, a relative grasp of that. But what we see in this office, this I can say with full accuracy, virtually every day in, in probably 95% of the new patients that come in here, people who come in here for consultations, people who start care, is that the vast majority of them have a chronic stress response going on? That's separate from the motor nerves that I just got done talking about. Motor nerve is something that allows you to move your hands and, and move your feet, and and then it's separate from, and that's separate from, that's separate from the uh, the thinking part of your brain. Okay, the thinking part of your brain is all of these ripples, all these rugi in 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 the in the, what's called the cerebrum, okay? So this is thinking, but we're not talking about those parts of the brain. We're talking about the part of the brain that is, an is the automatic part of the brain, the autonomic part of the brain, which controls your entire physiology without you even thinking about it. The stress response is, is, is so important that I don't think that you can get somebody well long-term unless you're addressing this response. I don't think you can get a person's irritable bowel syndrome gone long-term unless you address the response I'm about to talk about. I don't believe you can get a person's leaky gut better if you don't address this response. And I could go on and on. You're not gonna, this goes kind of back to, for those of you who might be familiar with alternative care, uh, this goes back to the days so of, if, if you can't fix the adrenals, you can't fix anything, but you can't fix the adrenals if you can't fix the stress response. You, I've, I've done talks online that were titled, I believe the adrenals are the wrong target. So, uh, so, the, so so in our world, we talked about doing a complete neurological exam on every chronic pain patient that comes in here. And certainly that's warranted. If you have fibromyalgia or peripheral those are nerves, but we do it on Somebody comes in here and if they have chronic fatigue or if they have irritable bowel syndrome and they don't have fibromyalgia or some neurological problem like MS or something like that, we still do it for this reason. So, so let's see, I'm looking, for a, uh, I'm looking for a tool here. Here's my tool. Okay, so, so there's a part of the brain called the brain stem. For those of you who are students, you might have heard it called the old brain, and the lizard brain. It, it, it has a number of different names. But, but technically, it has nothing to do with thinking. It has nothing to do with any of that type of stuff. It, it, it does a million things. But, the, but what we're particularly interested in in this presentation is that fact that it houses something called the autonomic nervous system. You can almost think of it as the automatic nervous nervous system. And what it does is it keeps us balanced. It speeds us up. It slows us down. It controls your saliva. It controls your eyes tearing. It controls your eyes dilating and contracting. It controls everything dilating and contracting. It it, it controls your arteries dilating and contracting. It controls your breathing. It controls your bowel movements. In fact, um, it controls your sleep there's a part of it that, that actually works with a place in your brain called the hippocampus to control your circadian rhythm I go, you're going to sleep and waking up Or my patients but my, my I can't go to sleep and I wake up and I can't go back to sleep and they're now calling this the rest and digest system because if this system is working properly you're sleeping well your bowels are moving well and so this is this and and, and this system is is I believe, the key to long-term success in the functional world in, a, in any world i mean if you're trying to get yourself better and 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 you're having this type of a stress response there's a, you 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 may be someone who goes to a chiropractor and 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 you can't get better because and the adjustments hurt you because your muscles are stiff and they never get soft or you may go to the physical therapist and they can or the massage therapist and they say oh your muscles are like knots and 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 and, and it hurts when you get taken care of or just a number of things where this stress response is gonna prevent you from even getting well with, with, with treatment. So what is this stress response? This is the, this is the brainstem and, and there's three parts to it. The bottom two thirds, for those of you who are more academic out there is the pons and the medulla, but the bottom two thirds basically houses the parasympathetic nervous system, we'll call it the rest and digest relaxation mechanism, okay. And the important thing to understand about this mechanism is that this is kind of where we're supposed to be. The way your brain is set up is, is it, it works by stimulation. And we get a lot of sensory input from a lot of things, from walking, from feeling things, from smelling things. And they all feed back to the brain and they stimulate certain parts of the brain. And the brain needs to be stimulated to work right. 95% of stimulation that comes into your brain okay, and goes up through your thalamus and and goes into your brain and all this type of stuff, feeds back to stimulate this part of your brain. Why do I tell you that? Because what I'm trying to, to to show there is that nature knows that we need to be calm all the time because if this area of the brain is dominating, if it's strong, if it's working, we're going to be calm. We're going to be Uh, sleeping well, our bowels are gonna be working well. In absence of some sort of a pathology, this is going to keep us working well. This, so calm, believe it or not, is your natural state of being, all right? Now, there are neurons, There's there's a small pool of neurons here in the upper third of your brain, okay? And those neurons are the neurons that run your sympathetic nervous system. And I don't know why they call it sympathetic, I do know why they call it sympathetic, but it sounds like it would be sympathetic to you, but it's not very sympathetic because it makes you go crazy because when this goes on, it makes us jittery. Now, this is actually a, a, a core survival mechanism for us. So what happens is when, when th- this is the, for those of you who are familiar with the fight flight mechanism, okay, this is the fight flight mechanism. This is our innate primitive survival mechanism the okay the bear's chasing me the lions over there i gotta like i like i like either gotta throw the spear at it or i gotta get out of here one or the other okay so here's how this works um a little bit more of an updated example let's say um you uh um let's say you you you, you think like you're gonna be walking down the street and you're gonna get attacked or let's say you simply have to give a speech for the first time, and you've never talked in front of five people in your whole life. Both of those create a, a, a response in what's called your frontal lobe, right here, okay? And this, don't fall apart on me, <laughs> this is your frontal lobe, okay? And so this is your frontal lobe, this is your thinking, this is who you are, this is your personality, this is where your brain goes, there's a problem here, I need energy. That's what the frontal lobe does. The frontal lobe then sends a signal to these guys, they're called the amygdala. Amygdala are the fear center of your brain. Remember that, it's the fear center of your brain. This this center also happens around your whole emotional system. That's important. That's gonna be important to us in a few minutes. So this frontal lobe goes, there's danger. Frontal lobe says, we, 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 we need energy. It tells the amygdala, the fear center of brain, hey, be fearful, because we need energy. And then that tells the little neuron pool here in the upper brain, to start making energy right now, the sympathetic nervous system. And here's an important point. This then shuts down the relaxation response. Now again, a more salient even a point than that is, you're either here or you're here, but you're never in both. You might be in the fight flight response and be like a one on a scale at one to 10, or you might be a 10 on a scale at one to 10. But while you're in that flight mechanism, this is pretty much shut down. The relaxation response, where we're supposed to be in our normal state of being, is shut down. When relaxation responses is, is is dominating, we are feeling pretty darn good. Okay, but we need to get out of here right now because the bear is about to eat us. So this shuts down, and then it sends a signal down here, down here. This is your spinal cord, and it sends it out to something called your adrenal glands, which are two little kind of kind of cone-shaped little. Uh, uh, glands that are sitting on top of your kidneys and then those adrenal glands start vomiting out hormones you would you would know them as stress hormones although they do a lot of other things they would they would vomit out adrenaline so adrenaline starts making your heart pounds right and so then they, then, they, then they start putting out something called epinephrine so now you start being able to breathe more your your, uh, your uh, uh, bronchial tubes now will start to dilate and you'll You'll actually be able to take more oxygen in. They put out something called aldosterone. Aldosterone works with your kidneys to raise your blood pressure. Why would you wanna raise your blood pressure? Cause you gotta get blood to your big muscles in your chest, your back, your arms, your butt, your thighs. You know, all the big muscles that are gonna allow you to fight or flee. Um, it starts moving blood sugar. There's another hormone that the adrenals put out called aldosterone. Um, uh corticosteroids so the corticosteroids then start moving blood sugar out of your liver and into your and into your bloodstream and a lot more things happen than that but basically all of that's happening to put sugar into your muscles sugar into your frontal lobe electrolytes it's moving everything into the big muscles uh, so that they can fight or flee in the meantime it's draining blood from your intestines it's telling your bladder shut down and whether you realize it or not it actually even shuts down your throat because you don't need to be eating and you don't need to be peeing and you don't need to be pooping right while you're fighting or fleeing. So nature puts you in the optimum position neurologically and chemically to be able to fight or flee. And this is where that superhuman strength comes from where you've heard the, where you, I haven't heard this one lately, but during my lifetime, it's always been the, the little old gal who like weighs about 90 pounds, who picks the car up off of the kid that the car just rolled on top of. And these things have happened and, and, and they've been documented. And then when it's over, the person drops the car and everything goes back to where where it should be and that's what should happen. This just should be a very short term response. What should happen is once the danger's gone or once the speech is over or once the kid's out from under the car, what should happen is is this frontal lobe should now say, you know what? Okay, I don't need all that energy anymore because you're gonna, I'm gonna, you know, you're gonna be in a bit bad shape if, I, if, I, if you keep putting all that energy out. And then it tells the fear center to tell something down here called your cerebellum to shut down this midbrain sympathetic fight flight response. And then you go back to rest and relaxation. Okay, that's not the patient that shows up in here. Okay, the patient that shows up in here is continually in some gradient or level of fight flight. and flight. And, and so here's how that happens, okay? So it's the same mechanism. But what happens in the person that has most chronic conditions, um, again, I'll, I'll say 95% of the people that come in here, what happens with them is this fear center gets programmed. So it, it gets programmed like a computer. It's actually still a, a survival mechanism. But I just got done saying that it's not a survival mechanism if, if it goes for more than five or 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 minutes or a couple of hours or a couple of days, okay? And it's not. So why does it get programmed and why is it a survival mechanism? Well, it's a survival mechanism for the reasons that it gets programmed. And the, the reasons it gets programmed is usually some form of emotional trauma that that person's brain perceived as egregious and the women, it's usually for, well, I shouldn't say that anymore because I've had men that have gone through this too. Verbal, physical abuse, verbal abuse, sexual abuse. I hate to tell you how frequently that comes in. Um, it could be you know, that your parents were alcoholics, that they left you. It could be, there, there's a lot of very specific things. I mean, a lady came in here who was standing there where her husband got shot. You know, these are, these are like abnormal, like out of our reality type of things and they create such massive fear that the brain uh, will produce something called negative, I'm sorry, negative neuroplasticity. So neuroplasticity is when your brain changes to help you more in your endeavors. The simplest um, way to put that, maybe the simplest example I can think of is, is playing the piano, okay? So playing the piano. So if you're playing chopsticks, dun 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 you know the rest, okay? So basically this part of the brain right here, just I'll put my finger right there, right there, is allowing you to do that. Okay. Now let's say you get into something a little bit more complex than than those two fingers, okay? Let's say you get into something very simple like you know, just simple old songs like Sinatra songs or Beatles songs or even a simple ballad from today, something where the chords are simple, but it's a little more complex. A larger part of the brain will start to help that original area to be able to move the fingers more compl- in a more complex fashion. That's called neuroplasticity. The neurons, the brain cells, will actually reach out with these little tentacles called dendrites to other neurons to recruit them to help. By the time you're to playing Tchaikovsky, it might be that this whole part of your brain has been recruited to help that. You stop playing for 10 years, it goes back to that. So your brain is plastic. When you, if you ever hear that term, that's what it means. So there's positive neuroplasticity, that's positive neuroplasticity, and there's negative neuroplasticity. And two things I see in this office that are negative neuroplasticity is chronic pain, where the brain has lost its ability to be able to filter out pain and, and negative neuroplasticity of this amygdala, which for starters, creates the situation of the brain not being able to filter out pain, if pain is what you have. So this amygdala, this fear center, now gets from one of those other things. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention is, what else will prime this is, you could be a perfectionist, or you could be like a type A, and because that type of brain's always looking to be right. So everything's gotta be right. Everything's gotta be moved right here. Everything's, you know, it's like, everything's gotta be perfect. So you're continually stimulating this. And, or a or type A is just, it's never enough. You always gotta do more, you gotta do more, you gotta do more, you gotta do more. All those keep stimulating this, this, this part of the brain. And so all of those things will create negative neuroplasticity. Even if you're a type A and you own 12 businesses, and you've just built half of like, you know, a big city and everything is wonderful, it's not because usually this is being uh, stimulated and, and you're in this fight flight response. So what happens is this negative neuroplasticity causes this amygdala to continue that fight flight response where all those hormones are being put out like 24 hours a day, some like this, some like that, sometimes, but, but always being put out high, low, medium, um, this is a person who can't go to sleep. They wake up, they can't fall asleep. There, there's a number of signs that, that this is going on. Your brain never shuts down. So this is negative neuroplasticity. And, and, and what's worse is the latest research shows that as that occurs, this amygdala, this fear center actually grows. So basically it's trying to either help you if you're the perfectionist or the, or the, or the type A but it's trying to protect you from this egregious act of maybe being raped or beaten or shot or, or alcoholic parents or abandoned. So it's keeping you aware all the time. Okay, so that's the mechanism, but here's why I'm going through all of this. And here's why I said, this is kind of foundational to getting better, but it's also something that creates problems. It certainly perpetuates problems and here's why. These adrenal glands that are putting out, you can't see me down here, but my, these adrenal glands I'm pointing to on top of my kidney. These adrenal glands keep putting out stress hormones because the brain keeps telling them to keep this relaxation response shut down and keep putting out adrenal uh, 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 hormones. And so the, so intermittently you keep putting out Things that are altering your blood sugar, things that are causing stress hormones, things that are make. There's one particular hormone that's that's that is extremely destructive. If you're if you're enjoying this, then then you know please don't miss next week. Next week is kind of a big big deal in most people's uh, uh, journey to wellness. So okay, that's it for this week. Thank you for watching again.